on a skin. Grown-up hooligans were at least something he knew about, something he knew how to handle. He stared vacantly at the papers in front of him and tried to clean the cobwebs out of his brain, enough to keep working. When the telephone rang, he almost jumped out of his seat and it rang three times before he collected himself enough to pick up the receiver. Patrick Hedstrom. Ten minutes later, he grabbed his jacket from a hook by the door, dashed over to Martin Mullin's office and said, Martin, some old guy out pulling up lobster pots, uh, Franz Bengtsson, has brought up a body. Whereabouts? Martin said, looking confused. The dramatic news had broken the listless Monday morning at the Tannum Shader police station. Outside Fjellbarker. He's moored at the wharf by Ingrid Berriman Square. We have to get moving. The ambulance is on the way. Martin didn't have to be told twice. He too grabbed his jacket to face the bitter October weather and then followed Patrick out to the car. The trip to Fjellbarker went quickly and Martin had to hold on anxiously to the handle above the door when the car careened onto the verge around the sharp curves. Is it a drowning accident? Martin asked. How the hell should I know? said Patrick, instantly regretting snapping at Martin. Sorry, not enough sleep. That's okay said Martin, thinking about how worn out Partrick had looked over the past few weeks. He was more than willing to forgive him. All we know is that she was found about an hour ago. According to the old man, it didn't look like she'd been in the water very long, but we'll see about that soon, Partrick said, as they drove down Gorlerbarken towards the wharf, where a wooden sneeper was moored. Did you say she? Yes, it's a girl, a kid. Oh, shit! said Martin, wishing he'd followed his first instincts and stayed in bed with Pia instead of coming into work this morning. They parked at Café Brugan and hurried over to the boat. Incredibly enough, no one had yet noticed what had happened, so there was no need to ward off the usual gawkers. "'The girl's lying there in the boat,' said the old man, who came over to meet them on the wharf. "'I didn't want to touch her more than necessary.' Patrick had no trouble recognising the pallor on the old man's face. It was the same on his own face whenever he had to look at a dead body. "'Where was it you pulled her up?' asked Patrick, asking the question to postpone having to confront the dead girl for another few seconds. He hadn't even seen her yet, and already his stomach was turning over uneasily. "'Out by uh, Pursholman, the south side of the island, she got tangled in the line of the fifth part I pulled up. Otherwise it, uh, well, it would have been a long time before we found her, maybe never, if the currents had swept her out to sea. It didn't surprise Patrick that Bengtsson knew how a dead body would react to the effect of the sea. All the old-timers knew that a body first sank, then slowly came up to the surface after it was filled with gases, until finally, after more time passed, it sank back into the deep. In the old days, drowning had been a real risk for a fisherman, and Bengtsson had been surely out searching for unfortunate victims before. As if to confirm this, the lobsterman said, She uh, couldn't have been down there very long. Uh, She hadn't begun to float yet. Patrick nodded. You said that when you called in the report. Well, I, uh, I suppose we'd better have a look. Martin and Patrick walked very slowly out to the end of the wharf where the boat was moored. Not until they were almost there did they have enough of a view over the rail to discern what was lying on the deck. The girl had landed on her back when the old man pulled her into the boat, and her wet, 
tangled hair covered most of her face. The ambulance is here, said Partrick. Martin nodded feebly. His freckles and reddish-blonde hair seemed several shades redder against his white face, and he was fighting to keep his nausea in check. The greyness of the weather and the wind that had begun to gust created a ghastly backdrop. Patrick waved to the ambulance team, who seemed in no hurry to unload a gurney from the vehicle and roll it towards them. Drowning accident? The first of the two EMTs nodded inquiringly towards the boat. Looks like it, replied Patrick. But the medical examiner will have to make that call. There's nothing you can do for her in any case besides transporting her. No, we heard that, said the man. We'll start by getting her up on the gurney. Patrick nodded. He had always thought that situations in which children had fallen victim to misfortune were the worst things a police officer could encounter on the job. Ever since